Hello and welcome to another episode of State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Repay. He's Chris Danziel. Chris, Lent is officially upon us. March is officially upon us. With Lent, yesterday was Ash Wednesday. What are you, what are you giving up for these next 40 days, 40 nights? Oh, good question. I actually haven't thought about that. I feel like I've given up all my vices, like or at least majority of them. That, that would constitute, you know, such a drastic turnaround that I, I don't know what I would give up. What, what, what about you? Well, it's an interesting thing. It's, it's a group thing, actually. It's a not, group thing. It's not just me. It's something, like you said, you know, Lent kind of just sneaks up on you. And before you know it, you got to think about all the things you have to give up. All right. Well, it was last weekend uh, when I was hanging out with friends. Someone dropped that. It was like Ash Wednesday, actually, that was coming up. And I couldn't believe it, but it was when I checked. And we were kind of brainstorming and we were just talking about, like, what should we give up, things that we should do. And then someone suggested that we come up with a group swear jar. And because we're millennials, 21st century, it's, it'll be easy to access because not everyone carries quarters around. Right. So we came up with a list of words you cannot say in the 40 days, 40 nights. It'll be on honor system. But when we're around each other, we can obviously enforce some rules. Instead of carrying quarters, we will be Venmoing. Wow. We'll be Venmoing money <laughs> to a group account. And then at the end of Lent, that money will be sent off to a charity. We're deciding between a couple, but all that money will be going to charity. So we're basically, either way, good is coming out of what we're doing. Whether it be we break a bad habit or we help a charitable cause. Wow, you went really all out for that. I was not expecting that. Good for you. Good for you. I I don't know if I would be able to do that mainly because cursing for me is just I don't know. That's a little that's a little tough. I think I'd be go broke by the time Lent ends. No one would know because they would think by listening to this that we do not say bad words. But right, there are we, we keep times. it clean on air. <laughs> yeah, we keep it clean on air. Yeah, we keep it professional. Uh, but there are some moments in which you slip up because we are just human. But it's just honestly a good habit to break. And it wasn't something that was kind of intentionally planned. It was just one person came up with that idea and it just snowballed. Yeah. It just snowballed into yeah. this thing. And we're, we're really pumped on it, actually. I will say that I have not had to contribute a quarter yet. So I've made it through one day, which is pretty good so far. Good, good, good. good. But we'll see where this goes. <laughs> we'll see where this goes. Hopefully we yeah. can. Well, I don't want to say hopefully we can continue that trend because then that now we're missing <laughs> out on charitable dollars. All right. But it's a catch-22. It is a catch-22. And the tournament's coming around, so we <laughs> got a few games, tight games going on. You you might break out like some hundreds. I, I won't be in media row this year for the Big East tournament for the first time in a couple of years, so I, you know I might forget what it's like to be a fan. Yeah, and with that becomes some stress, some stress sayings. Oh, and just something else I, I'd like to bring up, just a side point about Ash Wednesday. You you received ashes at Villanova's church, so you, you you're accustomed to this, but the. The tradition of having your peers give you the ashes, I don't know. Looking back on it was really, really cool. Because getting ashes yesterday, and you're just getting it from, like, some rando, just peer minister. It is what it is. Like, you know, it's fine. The tradition, it's a tradition. It is what it, it is. But I don't know. I felt like the way Villanova did it was so cool. And for the first time in four years not being able to do that, I don't know. I kind of missed out on it. I was actually thinking about that yesterday, too. I, I actually missed Ash Wednesday at Villanova's church. I also feel, no offense to a good old Sacred Heart Church in Dodds Ferry, but it just, it doesn't feel the same. I, I feel like, you know, nothing against it, but I felt like when you went to Mass at Villanova, it was certainly an event, and it was a big community thing, too. Like, you know, everyone was into it. It's very different when you just kind of go to a quiet, humble church that doesn't really fill up anymore as it used to. 
Hmm. And I was actually thinking about that, and I'm kind of glad you brought that up because I, I did miss celebrating Lent at Villanova. You know, Palm Sunday was a lot of fun. Hmm. Ash Wednesday was a it was very cool getting it from your peers. I thought that was a very cool touch. Mm-hmm. And just in general, felt like Lent at Villanova was a very interesting time. Grilled cheese Fridays too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very true. Or or tuna sandwiches. No oh, tuna. Yeah, true, true. So last year, or I guess you could say for the last couple of years, really, mm-hmm. we were blessed with the creation of Chef's Cookout one <laughs> and Chef's Cookout two, the sequel. Henry Lowe was in it, if I remember. Pat Farrell was also in it. We had a few cameos. Our chef who was in it. Yeah. Of course. I mean, he had to be in it. I mean, it is his game. And I forgot who the fourth person was, but you had a cast and crew. This year, obviously with Chef gone, the series has ended, but the spiritual successor has emerged. Have you heard of the new internet sensation that is Omari Omari Revolution? (laughs) Yes, actually. I found it the other day. It is interesting, for sure. I don't know if that was for a class. I don't know if that was for a computer science class, but I really hope that game got an A because it, it just stepped up from the first two Villanova basketball player-related games. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice little improvement. It's it's definitely different, obviously. It's Dance Dance Revolution, but on the computer, and much different than Chef's Cookout where it was just rocking the control pad back and forth. But, however, I, I will say I was kind of expecting if for an Amari-themed game, more of, like, a whack-a-mole with, like, the NCAA precedent popping up here and there. But <laughs> other than that, it, I, I would give it an A, just off sheer production. Oh, it was great. You had Amari Spellman dancing in the background. You had the Vs <laughs> everywhere. Mm-hmm. I thought whoever coded the fight song in 8-bit form, that was awesome. That was a great time. <laughs> Yeah, how the hell did you compress that? I don't know how. I don't even know how they did it. I took computer science for a little bit. I don't even know how they did it. That's that. I think that has to be the most impressive part. I don't know about you. Yeah, it, I thought it was like the best touch. Because, you know, you come into these games, you don't know what to expect. <laughs> and at first I see the arrows, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, it's just like Dance Dance Revolution. And then before you know it, if it sounds up, you realize that you're playing it to the fight song. And it's like, wow, this is awesome. This is great. I wish they could make it into an app, though. Because I tried to play it on like my mobile browser, and it just didn't. It's just not the same. It's very slow. Yeah, I got it on the computer, and then when I tried to show someone on the phone, it didn't come out as well. Mm-hmm. And I told them, just trust me, it, it's good on the computer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you got to take your word for it. <laughs> then at the end, you get the nice little touch of a presidential executive order that says Omari Spellman is free and ready to go and ready to play. <laughs> I actually, I didn't. I guess I didn't play the whole game. I just played like the first few seconds. I didn't see that part. If you lost, which I did fairly often in the beginning, you can actually submit your score now. There's a high list. There's a high score list now. It's very, very well integrated. Oh, what is this? Like the 80s with like Pac-Man? High scores? All right. Throwback in that respect. That's cool. And this is on the VU Band website, isn't it? Yes, it is. We will also tweet out this game. I'm pretty sure we did tweet it out, but we'll tweet it out after this episode because everyone everyone needs to experience it if they yeah. haven't already. You have to. It's the annual tradition of just Villanova centers getting their video games. So with Spellman, you can't talk about Spellman without talking about the NCAA. All right. And we've already shared our opinions on the NCAA, forcing him to take a, an academic redshirt year. We've done that on the show already. Mm-hmm. You know, we're already in March. It's about to be the Big East tournament, the NCAA tournament. Talking about that some more would just be a waste of time. But 
I don't know if you heard. You probably have because it's outrageous. The NCAA handed out some more suspensions recently. And the most recent discussion that's got a lot of people going is that the NCAA suspended five Richmond baseball players for participating in fantasy football. Fantasy football. Chris, I have a lot to say about this. I went on a little bit of a Twitter rant about this. I made one or two tweets about this. I have a lot to say, but what do you have to say about this? And for reference, this is Richmond, as in our friends in the CAA, the Spiders. Yeah, why? Like, why Why, do, why does the NCAA care? Is it because money was exchanged? Like, is that the, the issue for amateurism? Is that where they're going for? I mean, yes. come on. I mean, yeah. come on. Really? 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 And fantasy baseball on a professional level, it's not like they were betting on, like, themselves. Like, if you want to, like, play, like, fantasy college baseball, if such a thing exists and you're a college baseball player, okay, I can understand it. But you're doing it with the pros. Everyone does it. Pretty much everyone does. Not that it gives them the right to do it. But they're college kids. They're playing fantasy sports for an immaterial amount of money. Who gives a crap? Just let them play. Why? 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 I actually kind of had a situation back in high school similar to this. This one kid set up like a huge group for the for the NCAA bracket in my freshman year of high school. And since money was exchanged on the premises of the school, the kids who actually gave him money, including the kid who was running the whole operation, got suspended. I luckily did not submit my money yet, nor did anyone know I was in the group because I was under an alias at the time. So I was able to survive that. <laughs> And of course, I ended up winning because I got all four Final Four teams right. That was the year Villanova made the Final Four, by the way. Of course, I could have made out like a bandit. But anyway, it makes no sense. Just, it's, it's fantasy sports. Why does it matter to the NCAA? I, I also, I feel like if this was basketball or, or, some, or football, I feel like it wouldn't care. And also, I think they wanted to make an example of some D1 athletes because I'm sure everyone at the D3 level is doing it as well. Couple things. First, I want to ask you, you said you were under an alias. Was it like Johnny Manziel? Did you say your name was Billy? Did you, Or were you like McLovin? <laughs> like, what was your alias? It was, uh, you're, all right, you're going to laugh, but it was Nova Nation 85. <laughs> <laughs> that's like so, that's like so generic and safe. I love it. It was great. But the problem was like, I was pretty much the only vocal Villanova fan anyone knew about. So I'm shocked they didn't rat me out. I was pretty happy about that. <laughs> See, with the high school cracking down on that, I can kind of see where they're coming from. Just be, just on the sole fact that, you know, you're dealing with high schoolers. They're underage. They're not above the age of 18, 21 in some states to gamble or anything like that. So, okay, fine. I'll, I'll understand that. Okay. But, like you said, they're doing it at the D3 level. They're definitely doing it at the NAIA level. I don't even know if the NAIA is governed by the NCAA. Uh, I don't think so, actually. Okay. Yes, I understand where you're going with that. Okay, well, they're doing it at the D3, D2, D1 levels. All kinds of sports. But the one thing that just infuriates me the most, it just boggles my mind. It boggles my mind, Chris, because they'll condemn fantasy football. They'll condemn fantasy basketball. They'll condemn FanDuel, DraftKings, all those different fantasy sports sites there may be. But when it comes to March Madness, when it comes for you to fill out your bracket, the NCAA has its own bracket hosting site. You can make your bracket groups with their friends there. That's not a problem. Or you see it on other websites. The NCAA asks you to fill out your bracket. Like, there's just so much hypocrisy. Are they going to not crack down yeah. on that because that's their own product? Are they not going to suspend students for participating in bracket competitions? Everyone does it around this time of year. Maybe not basketball players. I don't know if they actually 
I've always wondered if they actually do participate in the- Right. I'm sure some of them do. I mean, professional football players participate in professional in fantasy football, and they're vocal about it just as much as anyone. I just find the amateurism rule, in this case, just ridiculous. I would also love to know how they investigated this. Like, why did it take... Yeah, why them? Yeah, why exactly these five Richmond baseball players? Why wasn't it a major program or a more major school? How did they find out? How did this come to fruition? Mm-hmm. It yeah. just blows my mind. It yeah, blows what? My mind. Yeah, what'd they do? They set up a fantasy league on like NCAA.com, got baited into it, and now they, they got screwed. I, I don't know. That That is a good point. I also I think they might have done it to Richmond because I think it's and baseball players because it's a big enough program where it can make some noise, but it's also not a huge program where they might bite off more than they can chew, so to speak. Like if imagine if like they went after like do basketball for the brackets, like you said, like because, you know, let's say Grayson Allen had a huge pool going for a hundred dollar buy in for thousands of people or the entire campus. That would be unprecedented for them to go after. But I feel like if they go after something small, now it gives them that precedent to maybe go after something bigger and then crack down on it. But and, and it remains to be seen. Maybe they will go after some brackets this year. Who knows? It's just crazy. I feel like this is definitely the first of what could potentially be a spree of bans and suspensions. Like you said, everyone plays fantasy football. Even the people who don't like football play fantasy football. Yeah. <laughs> and it's usually yeah. those people end up winning. But yeah, of, of course. Oh yeah, <laughs> of, of course. <laughs> we had that last year. Two, two years almost actually. Oh yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah, two years in a row. I don't understand the NCAA. I mean, maybe they will crack down on brackets. Obviously, we haven't seen yet because the brackets aren't out yet. It mm-hmm. isn't Selection Sunday. But I would think that the NCAA shows some more hypocrisy if they do not crack down on brackets while they go ahead and suspend students or even more students from participating in fantasy football. I also think that launching probes and investigations in to who does fantasy football or who plays these types of games for money is also a waste of resources. Yeah. All in all, in a perfect world, they, you know, they'd be banning students for more lucrative or more severe things and not fantasy right. football. Hey, exactly. Do we even know how much money was exchanged? Did, did it say in the article? I don't, I don't remember. I haven't seen anything like that, but, you know, I would assume if you're a college kid, you know, what's the average going around here? Like 10, 20 10, bucks? Yeah, 10 buck buy and usually, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they were exchanging thousands of dollars, and all right, maybe you give them a pass, but I don't think you're exchanging thousands of bucks as a college kid. An interesting tidbit. I remember for my sports journalism class, senior year, spring semester, we had a bracket competition, and the prize was not revealed to us. We just kind of assumed it was extra credit, you know, kind of like, oh, five points to your grade, or you get a buy from a misassignment, or you get an easy, you know, kind of like a, a gimme quiz. Well, it turned out that it was a $25 gift certificate, and the winner was a Villanova athlete, a student athlete, and she won the money, but she couldn't accept it, and she gave it to charity right away. And at that moment, I wasn't sure if she actually received the money, then gave it to charity, or if she requested it to go straight to charity because she couldn't accept it. I was just wowed at that moment. Right, yeah, you don't really realize how big of a deal that is. They're D1s, they actually kind of have to focus. My brother's a D3 athlete, and it's such a joke. Like, he'll, like, make jokes about it. <laughs> it's 
got to be interesting being an athlete because you can't accept the $25 gift certificate. You got to imagine what can they accept? What can they not right. accept? Does a free meal, like if someone offered them like, oh, I'll pay for your lunch. Does that right. count? Yeah, that's true. I think it does. <laughs> yeah, is the NCAA cracking down on free meals given away? It's the Shabazz rule. Can't eat. No cream cheese on those bagels. No. No, sir. That'd be too much. Once again, the NCAA just continues to baffle and just be hypocrites. But yet, we'll all be watching their biggest event this month, which just comes to show they can do whatever they want, and we can't say a thing. <laughs> and it's okay, because money talks. Mm-hmm. As long as they're they're raking in all the dough, right? <laughs> oh man, it, it is it is incredibly stupid. They, they just they they just suck. <laughs> Did you happen to see how long the suspension was? I mean, I didn't. No, I didn't see that either. Yeah, I didn't, they just I didn't... suspended. I think it was just so like newsworthy that people just wanted yeah, that... to get it out as quick as yeah. possible. Because I didn't see for how long, but like we seen with Omari. You know, decides to move to a private school, an eighth grade decision, ninth grade decision, is told that he has to repeat eighth grade or whatever the deal was, gets suspended for a whole year. Meanwhile, Omar Yurtsevin and other people in the NCAA, other athletes, actually play professional basketball overseas, came back. Sure, they got suspended. They missed a handful of games, but they're playing right now. Omar Yurtsevin pocketed cash from playing overseas, and he was suspended for a handful of games at the beginning of the season. He's playing yeah. right now. Yeah, he just missed a few cupcake games. Meanwhile, the top 15 recruit gets has to miss the entire year. Way to treat him. Way to, way to treat your top guys. Yeah, for a decision he made when he was 14. To better to, his to life. To better his life. <laughs> this is they just need people. to go. <laughs> <laughs> they should look at themselves. Someone has to be looking at all the punishments they're handing down. And somewhere, someplace, committees or like groups of people are having meetings and like, yeah, this this makes sense. Like, yeah, this this is that's perfectly normal. This this sounds good to me. It sounds good to you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to sit in on one of those meetings. I actually think they have to just pat each other on the back after a decision like that. <laughs> like, oh, good job today, Scotty. You really got him today. Like, oh, oh. All right, bring out the wheel of fortune. <laughs> oh yeah, what what should our punishment be today? Turn blind eye is is one, and then there's season-long suspension for another yeah season-long suspension is like the largest part of the wheel <laughs> and then like do nothing is like a little sliver well we're gonna we're gonna keep an eye out for these richmond baseball players and whatever subsequent fantasy games punishments that may be handed down from now on especially with selection sunday just around the corner in the meantime we are gonna look at the season finale for the men's basketball team they're going to take on blood rival Georgetown this Saturday. Chris, are you excited for this game at the Verizon Center? <laughs> I, I guess I'm excited because it's Villanova basketball, and when you go a whole week without Villanova basketball, it's kind of it's kind of sad, and it's kind of a long week. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to hopefully beating them down in their own place and ending the regular season on a good note. Yeah, this long layover – I mean, I know it's only been a week, but it felt way longer. Mm-hmm. And did you see Jay Wright making the most out of oh, his yeah. Jay, days Jay's off? Jay's been all over the place. 
Like, I was at the gym on Monday morning, and all of a sudden, I just see Jay on SportsCenter, and I'm like, all right, that uh, I must be too tired. Like, something's wrong there. Like, why is he on ESPN? They allowed this? This was allowed? And no, he was promoting Attitude and all that. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah, they had him on to critique Suits at the Oscars. Man, then they bring him back to promote his book, Attitude. Mm-hmm. Then he joins the boys and girls over at First Take. Yes. And then he goes on Yahoo Sports, <laughs> goes on Mike Francesa's radio show. Oh, Mike Francesa. Yeah. And then he was also on Barstool's podcast, Pardon My Take. He's just been doing everything. I mean, there, I'm sure there were a couple of spots in there that we just kind of just forgot now, but I'm sure he he had a few more than that. Yeah, he, he was really doing it all. I mean, he even as of last night, he was still doing stuff. Illinois was tweeting out. I think he was doing like a book signing, maybe. But he, yeah, I guess when he's on a buy, he has to just, you know, just make the most of it for sure. Yeah, it's like, oh, you know, we can scout these recruits. Nah, I'm yeah. going to treat myself. <laughs> I'm going to treat myself and promote my book. Good for him, though. He de- he, de- he deserves a- about a-, a week off or so. Yeah, and he was hyping up the Big East tournament on the fan, which was great, too. Oh, yeah. I, I haven't been listening to the fan lately. I- they've just driven me to the point of insanity. You can only take, should the Mets, or should the Mets, should the Jets draft Mitch Trubisky talk? So I, I kind of <laughs> have to, like, break off from that. But I did, I- for the first time and God knows how long, I did eventually watch first take jace just jay segment just jay segment on youtube and yeah Stephen a apparently has like a relationship with him like because Stephen a used to write for a philly paper and so that, that was pretty cool they had like a little bit of a back and forth thing Stephen a even busted jay's chops about uh, butler for a little bit so that that was pretty funny did he ran nah, like he did with the Knicks? no 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 it was just more of like a friendly conversation back and forth none of that embraced the bait over the top BS that usually goes on there. But it's calmed down ever since Max Kellerman took over, and I greatly appreciate him uh, overseeing uh, Satan himself, who is now employed by Fox Sports 1 with his own Embrace the Bait show. Did Stephen A talk about, yeah, you know, I had Nova winning it, Skip did it. <laughs> I, I told him I was right. No, I, he didn't, actually. He only brought up... They really even talked about the championship game that much, from what I remember. I think they just... I think they just gave him biz for like being so cool common collected and they're like we would have been like this and jumping all over the place but you're just like you're just so cool and i think max kellerman even gave him props for that as well he is a pretty cool cat oh nice oh thank you that was nice <laughs> we got a game on saturday all right Nova, georgetown georgetown's been in the news as of late and it has been positive things yeah it's because they're buns that JT3 has been on a hot seat. He's been cooked this whole season by Georgetown fans. And I'm not sure if the administration is doing that. <laughs> yeah, you got to think he's gone, right? Regardless of like what happens. Like Even if they win like a Big East tournament game, I still think he's, he's, he's toast. I have been shocked before. So, <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I felt like last year was, I, I guess you're right, because I mean, this year was worse than last year. They lost at the poll. They, they did lose to Paul. They did lose to the Paul at home, and they're currently riding a four-game losing streak. They're just bad, and they don't get any good recruits anymore. They all go out elsewhere. Like they have like a whole region to themselves, basically. The DMV is a hot spot, especially Maryland. Actually, produces the most D1 basketball players per capita. Oh, I did not know that. That's a fun fact. Fun fact. Two, two DMV players attend our university and are two of our best players. You'd think they'd figure it out by now. And both of those DMV players that suit up as a Wildcat were snubs from Georgetown. Right, yeah. Georgetown just said, nah, we're not gonna, we don't want you anymore. 
yeah, we're gonna go look at someone else. Completely overlooked. Mm-hmm. And then Josh Hart, they just denied his acceptance <laughs> or his commitment. <laughs> oh my god! It, so you, you have the national championship here. You you pass on him. And then the guy who just drops bombs on you every game now haunts you every time you, you see him play. Oh, yeah. That is, that is so comical. It's poetic justice at its finest. And that's why Villanova's the premier program in the Big East, and Georgetown is middling with uh, DePaul and St. John's battling for that uh, ninth seed. They actually clinched the ninth seed, actually. Oh, they clinched it? Yep. So St. John's is actually ahead of them. Yes. For good. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I haven't looked at the standings because I saw there was like a four-way tie, like sixth, and I just lost confidence in myself to actually figure that out eventually. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah Georgetown. Yeah, the bottom two and the top two seeds have been clinched. <laughs> wow, that is hilarious. So it it is possible that we might see them again in the Big East tournament, just like last year. Finish the regular season with them, and then meet them in the Big East tournament. And then break their hearts and end their season. Well, I, I don't know if we're really breaking their hearts. I think we're doing them a service at this point. It's been a very ugly season. Villanova's coming in 27-3, and 14-3 and in conference play. Georgetown's the complete opposite of that. They're currently 14-16 and 5-12 and and in Big East play. Ken Palm has Villanova with a 75% chance of winning. I'm actually surprised it's not higher, not going to lie. Yeah, I was going to say that's it, but then I remembered it's at Georgetown, so I guess you got to have to figure and factor in that, but... If DePaul can go in there and win, really, how hostile is that environment? True. But you might remember, the Hoyas actually almost shocked Villanova. They had that crazy rally that happened out of nowhere. You know, yeah. one moment, you're about to go to the bathroom, Villanova's up by 10, you come back, you get to your seat, and then you see, you see Georgetown had this crazy run over like a minute and a half. But unfortunately, Georgetown haunted by the DMV prospects that they let go. Josh Hart sparked the game-winning run to just really separate themselves and hold mm-hmm. on to that win at the Pavilion. Yeah, it, was, it reminded me of the, the Paul game in the first Big East game of the year. Let the team hang around. You kind of build a sustainable lead, and then like you go scoreless for two possessions. They hit two threes, and then right back in it. And that's what it felt like. But I think Georgetown actually tied it. DePaul never had that honor. I think Georgetown actually tied it like really late. So, yeah, I guess you can be like, oh, well, you know, they played Villanova tough. At, on the road they could definitely play him tough at home but i don't think that'll happen i think it's we were saying the same thing about the paul and but we just it's just there's just too much talent and georgetown's a, is a disaster right now yeah right now they're they're a turnover prone team they really haven't really gotten themselves going rodney Pryor has been the beacon of light the robert morris transfer who's had this crazy journey playing his last year of college basketball as a hoya He's averaging well over 18 points per game and is one of the top scorers in the conference. But he hasn't had that much help. You have LJ Peak, who's done pretty well, averaging well into double figures. But then they also had Jesse Govan, who at the beginning of the season, some actually had him as a late first-round pick. You saw him on mock giraffes. Mm-hmm. This time around, he's not really, you know, he hasn't really been doing well. Sure, he's averaging about 10 points per game. But his five rebounds per game is just kind of leaving much to be desired. Yeah, he's kind of fallen off the wayside. I, I think mainly because he's been injured. I mean, I know I know he was injured last year, and I think he was coming off an injury this. Sh- Wait, no, no, no. I'm thinking of Brad Hayes, right? Yeah, Brad Hayes had the the foot problem yeah, last he, year, and it came back this year. Right. No, I'm sorry. I was thinking of Brad Hayes. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. 
guess just Govan just hasn't developed the way he's supposed to. I mean, with JT3 at the helm, like, everyone's development has been absolutely stunted. So, I mean, LJ Peak, he was one of their top recruits from, I think it was two years ago or something, but he's he can't do it all. And then Rodney Pryor, who I actually dubbed the last time we talked about Georgetown as my favorite Georgetown player ever. (laughs) (laughs) So he's a great player, and he's probably going to put up a lot of points this Saturday, but you only have so many options, and and when – you're going to like your fourth and fifth guys who shouldn't even be your fourth and fifth guys. You got some issues right now, Georgetown. It really is the, the prior and peak show and whoever else decides to show up. And even then that's not enough for most nights. Right. And I also kind of feel that you got with the prior and peak show. I feel like you're getting more of like a, my ball type ordeal. Like this is my ball. I'm going to score. You you will go get it next time. Like there's no really like there's no like real facilitation between the two. I kind of feel like it's here. You take it. You go do your thing. Yeah. Next position down. I'll give you the ball, and then you can do your thing. It's I feel like they kind of they don't feed off each other. They're, it's very like independent street ball esque. Yeah, it's very ISO oriented. And then it's like you know if you, if you need if you feel like you need to get bailed out, I'll, I'll stand by the perimeter. <laughs> maybe you know just just remember I'm here. You can kick it out anytime you want. Any anytime. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah, I'll be wide open as everyone collapses in on you as you go up for a weak side layup and you get denied, but I was wide open in the corner. It's safe to say Villanova's winning this one. I got them by double digits. Yeah, you know, unfortunately this rivalry hasn't, just hasn't been what it used to be. It just, it's really taken a tailspin Mm -hmm. over the last few years, and this is probably the lowest of the low. Yeah, mainly because of one side more than the other. I mean, when Villanova was uh, during the 2011-2012 season, then they were trash. Trash! And Georgetown was actually pretty good, and they were getting good again. And it 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 felt like, you know, like it feels like it did now. Like, it's just, it's just one bad team against a really good team, so you can't really develop a rivalry. So, and ever since then, it's been, Villanova's been on the upswing, and Georgetown's been on the uh, downswing. It's going to be, I feel like it's going to be a while too before both teams really match up again talent-wise, and then you can actually start developing a rivalry again. Yeah, ever since that 2012-2013 top five upset that Villanova had at the Wells Fargo Center over the Hoyas, the Hoyas just... They're, they've been... <laughs> It's like, it, it's like it shook something in them. Yeah. I, I guess you could say that. Big East-wise, anyway. I yeah, feel yeah. like as a program, that Florida Gulf Coast loss kind of... Oh, wow. Yeah. How could you forget that? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I feel like ever since then, that was like, yeah, that's it. We're done. That was like the, one of the best teams they have ever produced, and they couldn't even get out of the first round. Yeah. They, two big hammers, less <laughs> than a month apart. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right, because that was the Villanova game. Was like I think that was like first week of March. That was our spring break. Yeah, it was our spring break. Yeah, a little well, less than a month you've had two huge upsets. Yeah. Oof. Once again, tip-off is Saturday at 12. I'll certainly be watching. Chris will be watching. Don't be surprised if we drift off and do other things while, while we're watching. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll play some Amari Amor- Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Villanova's up by 25? Well, let me get the fight song ready. <laughs> revolution. Time it perfectly, just so when the buzzer sounds, you get the play, uh, <laughs> the fight's on going. Exactly. This weekend's a pretty big one for Villanova. I mean, yeah, you got Villanova Georgetown, but we got some action on the gridiron, Chris. We got some action on the gridiron in March. 
We got Tano Capasio participating in the NFL Combine. He had all that hype after the Senior Bowl, during the Senior Bowl, before the Senior Bowl. And all of that now is culminating into even more hype for the NFL Combine. I know that going into this whole process, he was considered a mid-round pick, maybe third or fourth. But a lot of people are expecting an explosion this weekend when he participates at the Combine. Yeah, we've, we've talked about this before, especially at the Senior Bowl, how we thought he was late round going in and then had a killer Senior Bowl and then bumped up to, like you said, third, fourth round. And now people are saying he's going to do it again and then potentially even sneak into the second round. And, and I mean, barring maybe an absolute killer with combine, maybe even a late first round pick. But we'll see about that. That remains to be seen. But this is a great opportunity for him. I mean, the combine is just I, – I feel like it's unnecessary as, as a fan. I, I feel like it, you, it, the combine only tells you so much. I don't think it really determines who the best player in the draft is. Like, I could care less how – far you can jump standing still like I don't care but I feel like with like 40 times and shuttle times I feel like it's a pretty good indicator uh for for some athletes at some positions but just to showcase your your just pure talent your pure speed and, and your, per, your pure strength I think that's pretty cool and you'll be wearing the Villanova you'll be wearing the Villanova name somewhere It'll come up on the ticker on the TV, and that's pretty cool. That's how you get exposure for the school, and that's how you get exposure for yourself because there's going to be scouts there who are obviously going to be looking at you because of the huge senior bowl you had. So hopefully he's able to go out there and kill it. Yeah, people will see his monstrous wingspan, his (laughs) towering size, and his 4% body fat that allows him to have abs on top of his abs, on top of his abs, on top of his abs. Man, (laughs) what a beast. Now, I don't know if you heard about this promotion, I guess you could call it, that Adidas is having. Mm-hmm. And there's this deal that if you wear their certain – I forgot the model of the cleat, or it's like a new type of cleat that Adidas is releasing. Mm-hmm. If you wear that type of cleat, beat Chris Johnson's 40-yard dash record of 4.24 seconds, you get to pick between an island or a million dollars. Now, I don't think as great as – as great and athletic as Tano Capasio is, I don't think he's going to beat that record. No. But if you somehow got to beat that blazing 4.24 seconds, are you taking the island or the million dollars? I'm taking the island. Really? I, I am taking the island. I just want to be left alone some days. And I feel like if I had my island, it would be perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah you, can, yeah. you can easily have, you can have that. As long as Adidas... Wasn't going to t- like isn't going to put it out there where what my island is or where it is. I I just want to you know just get my own island, bring bring a nice little beach chair, just sit up and and, and relax. Honestly, it would be great. I know the in- infinite amount of possibilities you could have with a million dollars, but having my own island is pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of it's almost like a mystery box for the island. It's like, oh, is my island going to be nice, scenic? Is it going to be prime time location, or is it just right. going to be a bunch of rocks and dead space? <laughs> See, man, you bring up a good point. They could trick you into that, so I would have to do some uh, scouting beforehand. But I, I, I would be leaning toward the island. What about you? I, 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 based off your reaction to mine, I feel like I know where you're going. 
I'm taking a million dollars and running, and I'm going to buy myself probably a new car with that money, and then probably put the rest in the bank, probably give some away, spend some of it like an idiot, and uh, yeah. That's good. That's really good. You, you can come, you can maybe uh, rent the private jet to come visit me on my island. Uh, I, I would. <laughs> but first, I mean, I, I, I don't even think my 40 yard dash is below five seconds right now. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm even coming close to 4.24 seconds. Yeah, no, I, I don't think anyone is. I, I want to know Usain's 40 time was, if you would ever do one. Yeah, what if Yeah, what if he just puts his name for the NFL? Oh, wait, no, you have to be invited. Never mind. Never no. mind. Never well, mind. Le, Le, Leon Sandcastle wasn't invited. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, what if just a bunch of people show up and they're like, I heard there was an island or I heard there was a million dollars up for grabs. Oh man, see now that, that would be funny. I mean, it, see, that's a good promotion by Adidas, but on the NFL Combine wouldn't allow it. What if someone actually does break the record, and then we have like cleat gate for because the cleats were I don't know two two air streams or something like that. Yeah, unregulation. Yeah, <laughs> the the spikes like actually had like turbo boost in them. Yeah, and then before you know it, the NFL is like, oh, you need to run in this specific kind of cleat, so that way it's useful. <laughs> it would happen. It, it, it's, a, it's always a possibility. You never, like, like the NCAA, the you NFL, the No Fun League, you never know what they're going to spew out of their offices. Yeah, you never know what that tyrant Goodell is up to. <laughs> so certainly keep an eye this weekend. Probably catch some highlights after it. I don't even get the NFL Network. I believe that's mm-hmm. what channel it's on. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's on the NFL Network. They'll definitely have like 24-hour coverage. Yeah. To that. yeah, it's like an all-day thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure whoever ESPN wants to hype up as the next big thing, they'll have his tape running constantly throughout the night. So well, I'm sure we'll see something. So we'll quickly run through all the other things that are happening this weekend in Villanova Sports. We got a full lineup. I mean, we had a quite a bit of a layover for some of these teams. So we're going to go through the schedule, Chris. And then as we've mentioned before, we are going to have a guest. and We're going to break down the Big East tournament in women's basketball that will take place in Milwaukee starting this weekend. My friend from Chicago, Adam Shalafu, will join us and we'll break it down. But until then, let us run through all the games, all the matches, because, Chris, we got we got a lot to deal with here. All right. Let's do it. Men's tennis is in sunny San Diego, California. Even though it's been pretty nice here, minus the rain, mm-hmm. they'll be participating in the Pacific Coast doubles, and then they'll also be playing against UC San Diego and UC Irvine. You can call it that. Is UC Irvine the Anteaters? Was that the one in Pulp Fiction? Uh, no. See, I always think that too. The Anteaters, it is UC Irvine, Anteaters, but the one in Pulp Fiction was Banana Slugs. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember which California school that is. I think it's Santa Cruz. Banana slug. Yeah, it is Santa Cruz. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and they actually have the T-shirt selling, like the Jules Winford, Winford Winfield T-shirt. It's just it's one of the main sellers. Yeah, I'm sure Santa Cruz was really happy when they saw that. Oh, absolutely. Quentin Tarantino gave him a nice little shout out. I'm pretty sure he has never heard of that school before that before that day. Yeah, he probably went on the Google machine and was looking for the most obscure mascots. And <laughs> he just probably decided between that and like Yep. 
some D three school somewhere. What yeah. <laughs> it was definitely a, a good choice because, like they say in the movie, they look like a bunch of dorks. <laughs> that shirt makes them look like a bunch of dorks. <laughs> Baseball's back in action, and they will take on Ball State tomorrow afternoon, and they're in Florida. Man, that baseball, baseball is getting to enjoy some spring training down there. Yeah, maybe they can go play one of the uh, professional teams. That would actually kind of be cool. We're still looking for that first win, so uh, hopefully they're able to put together nine innings that uh, isn't a blowout against them. Yeah, and if that fails, they'll get a shot at Boston College, and also they'll get a shot at Central Michigan. All right, so they got plenty, plenty of chances. So all cold-weather schools, it looks like, going down to Florida. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame them at all. I don't blame them at all. No. I mean, like you said, it's been nice recently, but, I mean, to to escape this area, why, why not? Where it's what? 70 one day, and then it's snowing the next. Yeah, it's supposed to snow tomorrow. Like, what is this? I, I don't get it. It makes no sense. Softball's back in action. They're, they got a – man, they're also in Florida. Everyone's in Florida. They're going to be in Clearwater, where they're going to take on Western Michigan, Central Michigan – Fort Wayne. Doesn't Fort Wayne have some sort of team that's like the Mad Ants or something like that? Uh, Something with uh, – isn't it the Mastodons? Yeah. So like, isn't it like a D-League or some, some obscure t- league? Oh, yeah. They do have a D-League team. I thought I thought that you were asking about the college mascot. Oh, oh no, no, no. I don't know. Yeah, they, no. I think, they are the, I think the college mascot is the Mastodons. Yeah, Fort Wayne Mad Ants. They're in the D-League. Uh, okay. There you go. More you know. The, the Pacers. Softball's got a pretty busy weekend. They'll they'll finish it off with Georgia State and USF. So how many games is it this week? The rest of them? like five. Wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they're getting, of, they're getting those games in right away. That's a lot of softball. I mean, how many games do they play? What are they trying to play? One hundred sixty-two or something? <laughs> this, is, this is nuts. Five in a week. They got like two double headers. They're gonna be busy this week. They're not gonna have that much time to enjoy the beach. I, I guess that's why no. they did it. They want to pack. The schedule down there so that they made sure that their players aren't venturing off somewhere. Well, that's a shame. (laughs) (laughs) Lax is back in action. We got the women's team. They're going to play Monmouth. I feel like we play Monmouth in almost every sport. Yeah, we usually – you think we used to play them in basketball a lot too back in the day. but We did. But I think now that they got somewhat good, they're not like on the the radar anymore. Yeah, we replaced them with like the Bucknells of the world. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Men's Lax will take on Delaware. The Blue Hens, the good old Blue Hens, Battle of the Blue. And women's basketball will begin the Big East tournament with St. John's in the quarterfinals. Good old 4-5 matchup to begin the Big East tournament. Now, Chris, we're going to test out this technology. we got to call in Adam from Chicago. Dial him in. Hopefully we can get this going. Let's give this a shot. So as promised today, we were going to have a guest to help us break down the women's Big East basketball tournament. This person was very hospitable and welcoming to me in Chicago. And so it's kind of, you know, it's kind of only fair that we kind of give back. And it's with great pleasure I introduce Adam Shalafu from Radio DePaul. He is here from Chicago. Adam, can you hear us? All right, did this work? Did we get this technology to work? I can hear you guys. Awesome. Awesome. Right, good. 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 This is good. 
how's how's Chicago? I mean, I, I missed that city already, to be honest. You know, it's been really weird lately. Uh, it, it's March now, but it was obviously just February. And normally it is icy. I'm talking like sometimes too cold to start your car. And the other day it was 70 degrees. It's only snowed like twice this year. And I mean, I guess I don't have a huge problem with it, but it's it's a little weird. Uh, on the sports side of things, it's a very exciting time around uh, DePaul University with the women's just uh, clinching their fourth straight Big East uh, regular season title. So uh, we're all pretty jazzed about that. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I mean, you guys, the, your women's basketball team has always been really good. Really good, actually. I, I cover the men's and the women's team, and it's not close. I mean, don't tell the, any of the men, you know, but I, I really <laughs> love covering the women's team. They play such a phenomenal brand of basketball, and it was really influenced actually by the men's team by proxy of Ray Meyer, who the court is named after he actually was the coach of Doug Bruno who the court the women's court is named after and you know they really embraced team ball and defense and with Mark Aguirre in the late 70s one of the best fast breaking teams in the country and you see a lot of those similar themes uh, with the women's team and with how fast they play in their brand of defense and selfless offense it's it's just beautiful basketball to watch now I know you guys are usually really great, and you guys have clinched the top seed. Last year, you guys suffered a little bit of a stunner. Do you see something happening like that again? I know you guys are really heavily favored going into this tournament. Uh, you know, it's an interesting question. The Creighton's obviously the number two seed, but there's really only one team that I think that the Blue Demons should be really scared about, and that's Marquette. And you look at what Marquette's done this year, and it's amazing how quickly they've turned that program around and one of the kind of teams DePaul's had trouble with and you can look at last year's tournament for an example where they lost to Oregon State in the Sweet 16 because they're just beat Oregon State early in their season it was close 74-73 but they beat Oregon State and Arizona State and a lot like DePaul they're trying to get these top-notch competitions into their non-conference schedule and that also, in turn, really helps with recruiting. Uh, but that's a completely different story. Three stars. And, you know, two of them are all conference selections. Alasia Blockton, Natisha Heidman, Erica Davenport are all incredible. But Danielle King, for one reason or another, maybe it's because she's from Chicago. Both her career highs have come against DePaul. And it was the only uh, conference loss at the time I remember I was actually covering some boxing that day, but I was listening to our radio broadcast of the game, and I was absolutely stunned that DePaul had actually lost a game. I think they were on about an 11-game win streak at the time, and they lost in overtime. And I think that was kind of a really difficult game for the Blue Demons because they, you already have Jessica January out. She's back now, but at the time, you had Lauren Prochaska running the point, and not nearly as effective as January. She went out with an injury in that game, and then it wound up being a scramble at the last second, and Jackie Grant takes a three for the win. And Grant shoots around 30% from three. She's not bad at shooting by any stretch, but not someone you want taking that shot. And when you're down 
to a freshman ball handler, even if it is Kelly Campbell, who's got one of the best assist to turnover ratios in the entire conference. It's just not a favorable situation. And then you fast forward a few weeks later and DePaul goes up there and I'm really hoping that they can, you know, get a nice revenge game out of that. But it was actually, you know, even worse. And uh, DePaul wound up losing that one by about uh, 15 points. Yeah, 15 points. And Danielle King, after dropping 27 in the first game, dropped 28 in the second. And like I said, I don't know if it's because she's from Chicago or what, but are whenever she plays the Blue Demons. And so I think that's the only team that I think uh, Blue Demon fans should be concerned about. And honestly, you know, for the Napolia, our newspaper publication, they're my dark horse. I have them going to the finals in the Big East tournament and upsetting Creighton. Wow. I, I have seen Marquette a little bit, and they they are really solid. I did miss the Creighton game, but I know that they've been doing well. You mentioned Jessica January a little bit. She was a preseason Big East player of the year pick. But yesterday, the Big East actually announced its all-conference teams, and you had Brooke Schultz was named the Big East player of the oh, year. Oh, yeah. And then you also had – uh, first team selections from Jackie Grant. How good are these two players for DePaul? What do they mean to that program? <laughs> I'm glad you asked about Jackie Grant because I've actually played some basketball against her, uh, like real basketball. And uh, she's, you know, the defensive player of the year with Aliyah Lewis out of St. John's. But we, we have a basketball class that me and Jackie are in together. And just from experience, I can tell you, one time she came out on a shooting drill against me and I saw, you know, the best shot blocker, arguably, in the Big East coming at me with that 6-3 frame. And <laughs> my shot hit the top of the backboard. I was terrified. And But she really does bring that, you know, intimidation. And she actually transferred to DePaul last year from U of I. And I think she's really found a home in the Big East, found a home at DePaul. She's incredible. She's a really good passer. She can handle the ball better than most centers. And a terrific shot blocker. She has a little bit of trouble, it seems, against the really physical and, you know, huge center. She's 6'3". That's pretty big. But, you know, deeper in the NCAA tournament when she's running into, you know, 6'5", it, it's going to be a little different. Uh, Brooke Schulte, I mean, holy smokes. She was averaging around 11 points before Jessica January went down. And then that pretty much doubled when she had to take over and a lot of that credit has to go to Doug Bruno. And I actually talked to Brooke and Doug about this a while ago when they were rattling off a nice win streak, despite not having their star player. And, you know, Brooke told me that actually Jess's injury is kind of a silver lining here because it made her more confident. It made her more aggressive and talking to Brooke who goes back years with Doug Bruno actually five years. So they knew each other before she was even at DePaul when she was at uh, modern day. And, you know, Schulte is Bruno said, she's always been that star. And it was just a matter of her showing that to the rest of the big East and to the rest of the country. And so when January went down, it changed the way they were running the offense. It's always kind of a selfless offense, but they started bringing Brooke up to the elbow and it seemed like almost every game I was at, she gets the ball early in the offense, early in the game, hits a nice fadeaway uh, jumper from the elbow. And then when she would get going, she would start to get the other players going. 
Um, but yeah, Brooks, absolutely incredible. She uh, can shoot from just about anywhere on the floor. A unbelievable passer. The whole team's really good at passing. Um, but one player that you didn't bring up that I think is actually kind of integral to their success this season is Kelly Campbell. And so Schulte's number 20, Campbell's number 22. And there's been a few times on my radio call where I've literally gotten them a little mixed up. They look like they could be identical twins. But Campbell, just a freshman, you know, listen back to this in three years because I think she's got a great chance of being uh, Big East player of the year someday. She does not turn the ball over. And for a while, she had the best three-point percentage in the Big East. That's hovering around 35% right now. And because of January's injury, that's another player that had to step into a much larger role. And normally freshmen don't get a ton of playing time in Doug Bruno's system, but Kelly Campbell's been a major exception to that. She's started 19 games, played in 28, and really can do it all. She kind of reminds me a little bit of a Scotty Pippen, just the way she's a small forward, but they'll trust her to bring the ball up the court. And she's really effective in just one of the smartest basketball players I've ever seen. We, we have to keep an eye out for her now. I mean, terrible that we, we missed her, but we'll certainly keep an eye out on Campbell, Grant, Schulte, and the rest of the crew. But I just want to kind of backtrack a little bit. You mentioned a basketball class in Nepal. Do you guys do drills? Like, how does that work? That's really cool, actually. Oh, it's, it's awesome. I mean, it's really just, you know, kind of a – it's a gym class, obviously. It's only two credit hours, which is – you know, half credit at DePaul. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I took flag football. It's my senior year. You know, what are you going to do? <laughs> so I took flag football. And then uh, this quarter I took basketball. And Amara Coleman is also in it. And she is just one of the best defenders in the entire conference. And I wasn't quite so sure about her offensive game. She's really gotten it going lately, though. She had an unbelievable uh, move it, I, I guess, just the other night against Villanova, ironically. Uh, she comes in like a jungle cat in the night, steals this pass, takes it coast to coast, finishes at the bucket with a foul. But uh, Coleman, she can really handle the ball. And she broke me off. I was guarding her. She broke me off with a step back and hit a three in my face. I haven't played competitive basketball, you know, at a very high level. But I'm a good defender. And I was that was the most humiliated I've ever been on that side of the floor. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, the basketball class is great. It's just a gym class, uh, but it's a ton of fun. We're in the playoff stretch of it now. That's awesome. We didn't have any cool classes like that at Villanova. I, I, uh, no, no, we did not. No that was awesome, though, to play against some D1 players. Yeah, yeah, it's a ton of fun. I was shocked to see that they were in the class, and I am just making a point to stay the heck away from them. I mean, they're really nice, but I don't want to be the guy who's, you know, boxing out Jackie Grant, and all of a sudden she's got a knee injury and is out for the tournament. Or, you know, I'm, you know, trying to close out on Amara and bump bump elbows or something, you know, I, I don't even want to be within the vicinity, you know, the whole school is riding on them right now. I'm just going to say, it's funny he brings that up because me and Eugene always used to joke about how we always had a friend who we thought that would happen to one day. He would just be playing, just walking around campus one day and then just accidentally trip one of the basketball players. And that was the season. <laughs> yeah, it's everybody's worst nightmare. <laughs> And, and we saw a recent example of that in the NBA with Zaza Pachulia taking out Kevin Durant. You know, you don't want to be that guy. Oh, yeah. 
Jeez. That's that's going to be really interesting how that uh, affects the, the Western Conference there. So looking at a Villanova standpoint, currently the Wildcats are slotted in that 4-5 game against St. John's. Should they advance, they'll most likely meet the Blue Demons. What can Villanova do differently to not get smoked by 20 points? <laughs> it's happened twice already. What, what does Villanova need to do to pull off an upset? I mean, I think you're being a little nice to the Wildcats there. They actually lost by 30 and 27, and so 20 might be putting it lightly. Uh, they have to do everything differently. I mean, that that last game, it was you know even worse than the first. They shot 29% from the field and just 21% from downtown. They turned the ball over 17 times, but that's – they do have a name for it at DePaul. It's called the Paul Ball, and it's the brand of basketball that the Blue Demons play. And basically, the idea is, you know, they're better conditioned, and they're going to force you into turnovers. And you know, when you find yourself in a hole early, that can just uh, kind of compound on itself. And you look at that second game. DePaul goes up twenty to thirteen going into the second quarter. And then just nine points for Nova in the second, just nine points for him in the third. I mean, I don't want to crush any dreams, but honestly, I think they'd have to have some luck on their side, especially with Je- um, Jessica January being back. And, I mean, what she's doing right now is absolutely incredible. I think if, if Villanova was going to beat DePaul, the time to beat him would have been December 30th uh, when – you know, it was just the Blue Demons were 2-0 and in conference, uh, but they had just lost January against Georgetown a few nights earlier. And, you know, they were still trying to figure out their identity without her. But, I mean, Jess had uh, 16 points, 13 boards, and 10 assists the other day against Georgetown, which is really one of the best defensive teams as far as, you know, forcing turnovers goes in the big East and you know, a triple double, just the third triple double in women's basketball history at DePaul and Jess owns two of those. And so I think the time to beat DePaul was probably earlier. I mean, I guess make more shots, you know, Uh, but that's going to be tough. DePaul plays some pretty stingy defense. There was actually in that uh, second game, there wasn't a single Nova player who had more than four field goals made. Yeah, you're not. You're not going to win many games that way, let alone against such a top-caliber team like DePaul. Certainly, the odds aren't in Nova's favor. DePaul has smoked the Wildcats twice in the season. I mean, here in Philadelphia, we'll we'll certainly be rooting for them. But as we know, we're probably going to have to defer to the champs. So who do you you have right now in your Final Four for the Women's Big East Tournament, and who do you have winning it? Ooh, that's that's a really good question. Um, I mean, I, I have DePaul winning against Marquette in the finals. I think that they're going to be able to take care of business now that January's healthy in that matchup. Uh, I mean, she's just such a gamer. And like I said, I, I am really big on Marquette. And not just this year, but kind of long-term, what they're starting to put together. You know, it's tough. I I guess I'd have to go – I mean, on on the opposite side, I think it's going to be Creighton and Marquette. And really, I I don't know who's going to play DePaul in the semifinals, but I think they're going to get beat 
I mean, maybe it's Nova. <laughs> yeah, so far, Nova has beaten St. John's in both meetings, but you never know what's going to happen uh, when it comes to, you know, the Big East tournament. Anything could really happen. Thanks again, Adam, for joining us. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening and subscribing to the State of the Nova Nation podcast. Adam, where can we find you on social media? How can we, how can we read your work, listen to your work? Where can we find you? Oh, thank you for asking. Uh, yeah, you could find me on uh, Twitter at Fantastic Mr. Foo, but that's F O U X, uh, like my last name. Oh, that's clever. I like it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, you guys will be the first to know. Actually, I, I'm gonna be releasing a blog sooner or later in the next few weeks. It's gonna be called Foodini of the Hardwood. <laughs> uh, kind of a uh, Bob Cousy shout out there. Um, but yeah, fantastic. Mr. Foo is F O U X. That's my Instagram, my Twitter, and, uh, you know, search me on Facebook, whatever, whatever you got to do there. We'll certainly keep an eye out for your blog. Please pass us a link once it comes out. I'd love to check it out. Yeah, please do Adam. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much for having me on guys. I had a great time. And, uh, are you guys going to be at the tournament? Ooh, we might be, we might, we might. Okay. Let me know. Let me know. We'll be, uh, I'll be up there covering it. Milwaukee's pretty close to Chicago, right? You just kind of drive over. Yeah, just an hour and a half drive. So uh, we, we got credentialed. Big uh, milestone for Radio DePaul Sports, but we'll be up there covering it this year. So if you're looking for a radio call, RadioDePaulSports.com, we will uh, bring you at least all DePaul's games. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's cool. Certainly, if you're in the Chicago land area, Milwaukee area, certainly listen to it. Or even you can copy the streaming link online. They'll have. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You guys will have the action. You guys will be there courtside. For all you listeners, you know where to find us at viewbenchmob.com for all your Villanova sports news and updates. Or you can follow me, Eugene Repay, at Repay 5 on Twitter. Chris, where can we find you? You can follow me at The Sandsman on Twitter. Nova Nation, happy Thursday. Adam, thanks again for joining us. And yes, I hope everyone you. has a great day. Take it easy, guys.